Junior high, are you in the room today? Yeah. There we go. High school, it's good to be with you guys. Let me hear you if high school's in the room. Let's go, let's go. Hey, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, a lot of maybe you high schoolers, you're like, is this Pastor Tim? He grew three inches. Um, I'm not Pastor Tim, and Victor, Pastor Victor's not Pastor Tim. Uh, I, I had to tell a funny story. Xander, because I love you, I feel like I can share this with you. Xander, stand up. Okay, everyone say, what's up, Xander? Xander is Pastor Tim's nephew. He's a stud. He has like the most like perfect hair. I want to be like Xander when I grow up. Um, but, but Xander was introducing me to, to his friend right next to him. Not you, Elias. I'm sorry. And uh, as he was introducing me to her, he was like, yeah, like he's, he's Pastor Tim's brother, which I'm sure you guys have like probably heard that before, thought that before, which Pastor Tim and I are not related. Pastor Victor and Pastor Tim are not related. Pastor Victor and I are related. But I looked at, I looked at my boy Xander and I was like, bruh, Pastor Tim is your uncle. How you, how you not knowing like if I'm related to Pastor Tim, like I'm not your uncle. I just thought it was hilarious. So I'm not Pastor Tim, I'll have to say I am the junior high pastor here. Um, and we are all combined, like Pastor Victor said, uh, Miss Ruth Ann and Pastor Tim are sadly sick this evening. I feel like everyone is going out sick right now. So like, if you're sick, I love you. I would love to talk to you next week. Don't come up to me. I, I, want, I need some boundaries. I feel like anytime someone gets sick now, I'm like, I don't want no COVID or anything. But that's where they are this evening. So we're gonna go ahead and jump straight into the scriptures. We're continuing our series in the book of Colossians. Everyone say Colossians. All right, so we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna kind of jump around and hit a bunch of different passages this evening. So if you have your Bible, you can, you can turn to Colossians 1. And before we go there, I would like to pray for us in this room and also pray for our sick friends. Um, and yeah, and just settle our hearts before the Lord. So everyone go ahead and just close your eyes. Maybe just take a deep breath. It's the grind of the semester. I know a lot of you guys feel like school is kicking your butt right now, it's busy, you maybe have winter sports just starting or playoffs, playoffs or fall sports going, wherever you're at right now with many things going on in life, just take a second just to kind of settle down, settle into the presence of God. He's right here with us, Jesus in us, the hope of glory. Let's go ahead and pray together. Father God, we love you tonight. We don't wanna just say that half-heartedly. Forgive us when we do pray that half-heartedly. Lord, would you know that we, we truly love you tonight. Father, thank you for giving your son Jesus for us that we may have relationship with you. It is such a blessing and a privilege that when we gather here on a Wednesday night, sixth through 12th grade, Lord, that we get to actually be in your very presence, that we get to actually hear your voice, we get to actually know you more. So God, right now I pray that as we enter in tonight that we would know you more, Jesus. We would know that you are far greater. You surpass in worth and beauty than anything else on this earth. Right now we lift up our friends who are sick, Lord, Pastor Tim, Miss Ruth Ann, anyone else that, that anyone in this room knows who is sick, under the weather, not feeling well. God, I pray that you would bring healing to them and wholeness to them. Give them rest that only you can give. So Lord, we come to you this evening. We love you. We pray that you would speak to us tonight. We would know you more. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, everyone said, 
Amen and amen. All right, we're gonna go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter one. Um, I don't have a slide for this. I'm so sorry, it's my bad. So go ahead and track with me as I share this. Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 10. This is gonna set the stage for where we're going tonight. Here we go. It says in verse nine, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. This is, this is Paul talking to the church in Colossae. We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled. Everyone say, be filled. Well, everyone say, be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why does Paul pray this? Here we go, verse 10. Flag this verse in your brain. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Everyone say, worthy of the Lord. To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Right here, just to kind of catch you up if you've been absent the last few weeks, we have the Apostle Paul writing in this letter that we call Colossians to this guy named Epaphras. Everyone say Epaphras. Uh, high schoolers, I've been telling junior high this, in like 10 to 15 years when you like have kids, Epaphras, I think it would be a dope baby name. I've never met an Epaphras, so name, name them that. I feel like Epa is like a beautiful nickname. Do you guys agree? Yes? No, oh, no, okay, fine, okay. So Paul's writing to this guy named Epaphras and he's the one that kind of started the church in Colossae. And so what Epaphras has told Paul is a few things. He said that, hey, like the, the Christians here are doing well. They're, they're following Jesus wholeheartedly. They want to know him and, and walk with him closely. But there's a few things that are endangering the church. There's a few heresies. Everyone say heresies. Now, a heresy basically is just a false belief or a system of false beliefs. So this, these two systems of false beliefs are endangering the church. These two false beliefs, I want to break these down. Pastor Rory talked about it a little bit last week. But the first heresy is Jewish mysticism. Everyone say mysticism. That's a great word. Jewish mysticism. Basically, this heresy said that in order to be saved, in order to live a life of fulfillment and true life with Christ, you had to have your faith in Jesus and, everyone say and, have your faith in Jesus and follow certain laws and do certain things and follow certain observances and, and basically do all these things in order to be saved. And if you're here last week in high school, we talk, they, uh, Pastor Roy talked about how anytime we talk about how Jesus plus fill in the blank equals salvation or true life or fulfillment, that is heresy. That's not the truth of the gospel. And so we see Jewish mysticism corrupting the church saying that, yeah, like you can, you can put your faith in Jesus, but you also have to do these things. That's the first heresy. The second one is the Greek and the Roman influence. Everyone say Greek and Roman. Is anyone in here a big like history nerd? A few of you? Yes, good for you. Raise your hand up high if you're a history nerd. Be proud. History was actually like probably my favorite subject because I suck at math and science. So history made me feel like relatively smart. But if you, if you know anything about the history of the New Testament, whenever we read the New Testament, it's important that we remember that like Paul's not writing to like the 21st century church. Like he didn't, he didn't know any of you guys. He didn't know like what sneakers were sad, I know. Like he didn't know like anything about like our modern world. He would look at this room and be like, what is happening in here? This is weird. But remember, he's writing to a specific audience. Everyone say a specific audience. And so Paul is writing to this church that, that exists in this Roman world. And if you know anything about the, the Greek or the Roman world, you know that they, they had a polytheistic religion. Everyone say polytheistic. You guys sound so smart this evening. Polytheistic, which meant that they believed and worshiped in many gods. Everyone say many gods. 
And so what these people try to say is that, yeah, yeah, like Jesus is cool and all. Like, I think like he died on the cross and rose again. Like, it'd be pretty tight if he did. This guy must be like, like, you know, came from the gods or maybe like the great God, who knows? But like, so yeah, you can totally worship Jesus and you can also worship like Zeus and Artemis and like all these other gods. I don't really know Greek mythology, but basically they said you can worship Jesus plus, everyone say Jesus plus. You can worship Jesus plus these other gods. And so, and so these two sets of heresies, the Jewish mysticism and, and the Greek Roman influence was endangering the church, saying that you can, you can believe in Jesus, but you're not really saved. You're not living true life and fulfillment unless you have these other things. And as we continue in Colossians, it's important for us to notice this, this language that Paul uses in Colossians 1. He says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm gonna say worthy of the Lord. This is something, if you read through any of the epistles, the letters of Paul to the church, this is often repeated. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord or, or worthy of the gospel. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have Received, and, and as we read this, this passage, and as we continue on in Colossians, we'll read about putting to death the old self or, or setting our minds above on the things of Christ. But before we hit any of that, we need to ask this simple question. Why? Everyone say why. Turn to your neighbor and say why. Turn to your other neighbor and say why. Why, why do we do this? Why should I give up my, the sins that I actually really enjoy to follow Christ? Why should I give up my life to follow Jesus? I think if some of you in this room were honest, you would, you would kind of say like, I, I actually kind of ask these questions deep down in my heart. Like you never say it at church because like that sounds really bad. And you know the right answer in your head is like, you know, I give my life to Jesus because he's worthy and because you know the gospel and like he died on the cross. It's all, it's all good. Like you know those answers in your head. But like deep down, we need to be able to answer the question, why? Everyone say why. We need to be able to answer the question of like, why should I give everything to Jesus? Like, like we read passages in scripture, like if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And when we're in church, we can be like, yeah, like, let's go follow Jesus. And the next day, they're like, I don't really wanna give anything up to follow Jesus. Like, why would I do that? We're like, like why, would I, why would I die to myself, die to the sins that I actually enjoy, the addiction that I actually enjoy? Let's make this real tonight. Like, like the addiction that I actually like kind of fills me when I feel empty or lonely, why would I give that up? Like this is something that I actually kind of enjoy. The, the success and the achievement that makes me feel like I'm, I'm a capable person or I have an identity. Why would I give that up? And tonight, before we, before we continue in the series talking about walking with the Lord and putting to death the things of the old self and, and setting our minds on Christ, I want us to focus in on this question of why. One more time, everyone say why. So go ahead and, and with that in mind, we're gonna go to Colossians chapter 2, Verses 6 through 15. This is going to take us to our main passage tonight. If you're taking notes, write that down. Colossians 2, verse 16, 6 through 15. Here we go. It says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Everyone say, walk in him. You see this repeated language from Colossians 1. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. I want you guys to pay attention to when you see in him. Everyone say, in him and with him. Okay, so, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith that ju just as you were taught, abounding in 
Thanksgiving. Verse eight, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. This is those heresies present in the church. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him, everyone say in him. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Now, let me break this down real quick for you. This is talking about Jesus. The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. I read this in a commentary. It says that the idea in, in Colossians 1.19 that talks about Christ being Christ having the fullness of God in him. And in this verse is not that, um, that God's presence is in Christ, but rather that all that God is dwells in Christ. Do you guys see the difference? There's, it's not just that God, Jesus kind of like God, like Jesus is God. Everyone say, Jesus is God. And it's important for us to recognize because Jesus wasn't just a man that like had the presence of God with him. Like that's, how, that's how we get to walk with the Lord. Like we are just like regular like people and then we get to be filled with the Holy Spirit when we accept Christ. But Jesus is fully God. Everyone say, fully God. This is what allows him to live a perfect life and to go and take on our sins upon himself. So it's important to know this. For in him the, full, well, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled. Everyone say, I have been filled. In him who is the head of all rule and authority. Verse 11. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Circumcision was something in the Old Testament that marked the people of God as separate or different than the rest of the world. Verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. Everyone say powerful working of God. Say it like you're a charismatic. Say powerful working of God. There you go. Some of y'all have been in churches like that. Who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. This is good news, brothers and sisters. Verse 14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. I love that imagery. In verse 15, as we close this passage, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Everyone say, in him. All right, this is a lengthy, lengthy passage. I wanna, I wanna break this down real quick. I wanna give a quick example. Have you ever had a time in your life where you were, you were like really like fearing for your life, for your well-being? I know for some of you, like, this might be a little bit, like, tra- like traumatic. I hope that you have, like, a lighter story. But have you ever had a time in your life when it's like, sheesh, this might be, like, the day, like, I die. Or, like, this, this might be the end. Have you guys ever had one of those? Those, like, crazy, those crazy experiences, crazy life moments. I, uh, I recently have had one of those. Um, it, I, I wasn't really going to die, but I thought the pain I was about to go through was going to make me die. Okay, so, so, so here we go. Um, just about... Um, two weeks ago, Pastor Tim, Pastor Victor, Miss Ruth Ann and I, we did something called Remember and Celebrate, okay? Remember and Celebrate is something we do around here like when we close like a series or a retreat. Which, by the way, high school, who's coming to high school retreat? Let's go. You, are you guys tired this morning? High school, who's coming to high school retreat? High school retreat's gonna be awesome. If you've never been to a retreat, be there. It's amazing, it's fun. You'll probably get like dirty, hurt, scratch, damage, all that good stuff. And you'll love Jesus more by the end of it. It's a great time. Junior high can speak to like rolling in the, the dirt, allergies, all that good stuff. And it was so worth it for maybe like four of you. It was great, I loved watching it. But anyway, so we, we do this thing called remember and celebrate where we look back over what God has done and we remember it and we 
celebrate. Okay, you guys are with me. So remember and celebrate. So, so what we ended up doing is we, we grabbed a meal together and then we went to do like a fun activity. So it was just us four. So we went to this place called Black Bear Diner. Who's ever been to Black Bear Diner? Y'all, who's ever had a biscuit from Black Bear Diner? Wait, keep your hands up. I need to see like the eight people I'm talking to. Okay, y'all, these biscuits, Joey, tell them, like these biscuits are like massive. Like they are the hugest biscuits. Pastor Tim and Pastor Victor got, got biscuits and gravy and they ate about like half of it. It was like these massive biscuits. Anyway, so we had this, this bussin' meal, it was a good time. We were enjoying, celebrating what the Lord had done. But then, y'all are laughing at bussin', y'all are clowns, okay. I, I say bus in my regular vocabulary, but this bus and meal. And so we go to do our activity, okay? And our activity for the day was airsoft. Who loves playing some airsoft in here? Okay, it's like, it's like some of you. I feel like airsoft is kind of a thing of the past generation. If you guys have never done airsoft, if you have like tough, like if you're tough, especially like if you have tough hands and fingers, like go play airsoft. It's a blast and a half. We had, we had so much fun, but, but so we go to play airsoft. And so it's just us four. And so we have like little, little pistols. They were CO2. It's like, you'd have to like cock it every time you shot it. So like they, they were pretty nice. Who's ever used like a CO2 gun? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're tracking. So we go to this place. So we play a few rounds of like 2v2. We're switching up the teams. I won't say who is like the best or like the worst or anything like that. But I was looking at someone in the back, but it's okay. Um, but so, but you know, we finished a few rounds of 2v2 and then this dude shows up to the airsoft place. I don't know what you call it, arena, course, whatever it is. Someone shows up to come play airsoft. And you guys can probably picture like the type of dude this is. He's probably like 17, 18, got like baggy jeans, like black hoodie, long hair, comes with his duffel bag. And the second he walks in, we're like, shoot, like, like, like we know it's about down, go, go down. Some of you guys know this, but so it's so like, he comes in with his duffel bag and he's like, Hey, like, can I, can I play with you guys? And so, you know, being the nice, like, like we're, we work for a church. Like we are Christ, like we love all people, no matter their skills, no matter how they hurt us. And so we were like, absolutely not. No, I'm just kidding. We were like, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Like, come, come play with us. What's your name, man? His name was Michael. I remember Michael's name. Okay. So, so Michael wants to come play with us, but I'm, I'm sitting there like when he asked, like, if he can play with us being like, should we have said no? Like I have a CO2 pistol. Like there's nothing. This dude's coming out like with a duffel bag. And I knew he's got to have like, have like automatic rifle, like semi-automatic pistol. And fair enough, out of the duffel bag comes, boom, rifle. Out of the duffel bag, boom, pistol, magazines, magazines, BBs. And I'm sitting there like, we are about to die today. So the first round we did, what was only fair, it was us four versus Michael with his rifle, okay? And he was like, hey guys, I won't, I won't put it on automatic. Have, have any of you guys shot an automatic, like not actual gun, I hope not, an automatic like BB gun? Like an, yeah, okay, you know, like the sound of it is terrifying. Like it's, it's terrifying, but... So we play, we play four, four V one because like Michael is this beast. He's got this rifle and like the fear that I felt, like I didn't care that I had like Victor, Tim, Ruthann, like we are, it's four of us against him. It didn't matter. Like the fear of God, all I had to do was like, yeah, let me make sure my gun's working. Go, 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 go. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like all I can do is like, like I'm about to die today. Like, and, and if you, if you ever played airsoft, you know, like the pain that you can get, like, yeah, when you get hit in the body, like, it's like, oh, like that's like a stinger. But like 
the hands and the fingers. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? Like, you get hit in the hands or the fingers. My, my, this is my trigger finger, okay? I, I shoot right-handed. I got hit in the finger somehow, my like, fingers on the trigger. And Michael, as we're playing, like through this little gap in like the barrier I'm hiding behind, shoots me on the trigger finger. And I screamed like a little baby girl or like a sixth grade junior high boy. It's about the same thing. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. But, but I, and I hear it and it's great. But so like, so like the fear of God was in me. So the next, next round, Pastor Victor being the kind person he is, he's like, hey, Michael, I'll, I got you. I'll play with you. Because he was like, I'll just use my semi-automatic pistol. I can kind of go easy on you. But I want someone else on my team. So it was Victor Timruthan versus Michael and Victor, but really against Michael. It was like, we knew Victor's gonna like hide back there because like he doesn't want to get shot by like all three of us. And we knew like Michael's the real threat. Like I can deal with like Victor hitting me once in the shoulder. I don't want to get hit like 15 times in like two seconds by Michael, okay? So this story's going way too long, but I don't care, it's worth it. But so, so we're, we're playing this round. As we're playing, my CO2 goes out. So like my BBs aren't really firing anymore. So I like run out like to the place. And I'm like, hey, like I, need, like, I need a refill. Cause I'm thinking about like Tim and Ruthann could be getting like assaulted right now. Just like with like a semi-automatic pistol, just getting absolutely killed. So I get my fresh CO2. And so now it's like, this is the moment of terror because I have to re-enter. And I have no idea where Pastor Victor is with his gun, but I have no idea where Michael is. I'm like, where, like, I want to run into this arena, this, this course, whatever it is. And it's like, I have no idea where this dude's going to be. Like, I might get shot 20 times, like, in my, like, my hand again and just, I'll, I'll actually cry. And so, like, I, like, crouch in. I go, like, super, like, super fast. And I get behind this, this little barrier, right? I get behind this barrier. And, and so I see, like, Pastor Victor's, like, in the back, hiding behind a wall, just, like, sniping with his pistol. because then Michael do all the work, take all the hits. Good for him. I respect it. So I'm hiding behind this barrier, and I'm like, okay, like, where, where is Michael? Everyone say, where's Michael? Okay, try to imagine. You are, you are me. Six foot, half Hispanic, super scared, trigger finger really hurting, and, like, thinking about the pain that you felt. Already gotten shot in the hand, like, four times. I literally still have, like, little, little pieces of, like, blister. But... And I'm like hiding behind there. I'm like, okay, I need to find Michael. So I'm going up like as slow as I can. So slow. And as I'm going up, I see a little figure on the other side of this little obstacle. I see a black backpack with, of course, like 800 magazines and then like a black hoodie and some long hair. And I have this moment of realization like, Today is the day I'm going to die because I'm on the other side of the barrier from Michael. And so I lose my like, ever-loving mind. Like, guys, I'm not proud of this. I actually, like, I, I feel some guilt for this. When I realized, like, oh my gosh, Michael's going like, to stand up and see me and shoot me, like, four, like 40 times from, like, like, literally, like, from here to here. Like, where, like, like, you see this? Like, this would be terrifying. Like, imagine getting shot. Okay, you got it. So, like, so I, like, lose my ever-loving mind. And so I just unload on this dude. He actually never saw me. So I just get up and, like, I stand up in this bear. Just, go, 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 go. And I just, I shot him in the head, like, ten times. And eventually, I, I mean, to my defense, he never said, like, hit. You're supposed to yell that when you... But he was probably in too much pain, like crying. But I couldn't see with his like long hair. Imagine like Pastor Victor when he had long hair, but a little, a little longer. But he finally was like, ah, hit. And, and I realized like, I just shot this guy in the head with a BB gun from like two feet out. And I lost my mind because here's the reality. is that When we are afraid for our lives, we do some pretty stupid stuff. Right? Are you guys tracking? Okay, cool. That was the purpose of the story. Part of me is how to share that. But, you know, when we, when, we, when we go through our lives, we often live in immense fear. 
And I can, it's only comparable to the fear I felt when I would see Michael. And then I was scared Michael's going to get me back because after I shot him like 18 times in the head, I would probably want to like go at like me who shot me 18 times in the head and go off. Anyways, I'm like reliving. This is tragic. But the fear that, that we feel often when we go through our lives is, is immense. Because we, all of us in this room, we have, we have questions, we have doubts, we have, we have things that we're trying to solve and figure out about life. And we can come to church and kind of know like the right Jesus-y answers, but the reality is we have questions deep in us, asking some really like big questions that actually sometimes scare us. Questions like, why am I here on earth? Like I, I think probably a lot of us, if, probably all, every single one of us is asked like, like why am I here? Why do I, why do I matter? What, where do I fit in? Why, am, I, am I really loved? And you see, these, these questions are, are some of the main things that drive us. Psychologists will say like, these are the questions as we go through our entire life. Like we're living our lives trying to find the answer to these questions so we can actually live like a life that's worth living. I imagine that you in this room and, and myself, like these questions actually like, go through our heads constantly of like, what, what is my purpose and where is my value and where do I fit in? Often, what, often when we have those questions, it leads us to, to these heresies that we see in scripture. Now, some of you might be like, that's a, that's a stretch. Let me, let me explain this to you. Often when, when we look at the Jewish mysticism, the, the belief that Jesus plus you doing all of these other things equals salvation, equals life and fulfillment, you can, you can see that in your own life. Like maybe it's like Jesus plus never messing up means that like you have worth. That's some of you in this room, you, you think that way or like Jesus plus like doing all the churchy things and praying that equals like true life. That's, that's what my purpose is all about. And some of you are kind of on the, the, other, the other side of, of this Greek Roman heresy saying that like, you can worship Jesus and have all these other gods. And of course, like in, in our context, we, we don't worship little like baby calves like we see in Exodus, like a little baby cow that's golden. Like we, maybe you do, I don't know. I don't, I don't know your life, your story. But like we don't typically like worship like little idols. Or, but what we do is we do constantly live in idolatry to the things in our lives. Like, it's so easy to be like, yeah, like, I have Jesus in my life as, like, the safety blanket, so, like, when I die, I don't go to hell, I go to heaven. But, like, at the end of the day, like, what I give my time and my value and my life and, like, my identity to is, like, how good I am at my sport. It's got real for some of you guys. Like, some, like and yeah, it's like Jesus can be kind of on the sideline. Like, he'll, he can kind of make me happy sometimes. Or like, when I have nothing else to make me happy or fulfill me, like, I, I, can, go to, I can go to Jesus. But really, like, my identity is found in, like, my boyfriend or girlfriend. Or, like, how popular I am and if everyone loves me. Or, or what I achieve and what I'm good at. And friends, what I want to tell you is that these ways of living lead to emptiness. Everyone say Emptiness. These, these ways of living ultimately lead us to, to, to a life that is empty and we never get the answer to these questions because our answers are never meant to be found within the things on this earth. And what I want to suggest to you today is that the answer is very simple, but it can't just be something we know in our heads. We must experience it in our hearts, in our lives. And this is ultimately the answer to these questions going through our minds. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. This is our God statement for this evening. 
The answer to us anxiously going around trying to figure out why we matter and where we can find identity and purpose and where do I fit in, the answer to these questions is that Jesus is life. Never say Jesus is life. Not like Jesus is life, but like, like Jesus is life, period. Like he is he is life. You see, when you, when you read through Colossians, Pastor Tim opened up our series in Colossians over in the 10 with all of us combined, talking about the supremacy and the sufficiency of, God, of Jesus. Everyone say supremacy and sufficiency. Supremacy meaning that Jesus is above everything. There's no rival. There's no, like, Jesus is fully God. The fullness of deity dwells in Jesus. He's not just like a good, like, godly guy. Like, no, Jesus is fully God meaning he is over all things, that he is also sufficient. Everyone say sufficient. Meaning that Jesus is truly enough. And see, what I wanna suggest to you all this evening is that trying to find answers for like what makes our life meaningful and anything else is absolutely worthless. And that the reason why why Jesus calls us to follow and to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord is because it's the only life worth living. It's the only life worth living. So I have three simple points for you guys this evening. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. I hope you guys always come ready to take notes and with your Bibles so that you can um, reflect on what the Lord is teaching you tonight. So point number one, true life is found in the freedom that Christ gives. Everyone say freedom. Why everyone say freedom? Stick with me tonight. True life is found in the freedom Christ gives. I want to read verse 12 again. We'll go ahead and put it up on the screens. Colossians 2 verse 12 says, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Friends, hear me tonight. That often these, these questions in our lives of us trying to find the value and the meaning of life, they often cause us to go in to sin. They cause us to try to find answers within ourselves. And the reality is, is that you and I, we are slaves to sin without Jesus. Like, like we are slaves and it is impossible for us to, to break free of sin without Jesus. Like your, your pride, your selfishness, like your worst, like your anger, the fears that control you, like all those things, like we need freedom from to truly live. I would say freedom. And you see, the, the reality is that you can't break yourself out of those things. Like, have you guys ever tried to be like less mean or like less angry? Like, have you guys ever tried that? Yeah, like, like you can try really hard to be like, okay, like don't go like, like full like Hulk mode. Like don't get angry, don't get angry, don't get angry. Like, but the reality is, is like we, we can never be free without Jesus. And you see, we can only experience the life that we are created to live if we are set free in Jesus. The true life is found in the freedom that Jesus gives. Everyone say freedom. Need y'all to stick with me tonight. Two more points. Number two is that true life is found in Jesus's forgiveness. Everyone say forgiveness. I wanna read verses 13 through 15. It says, and you who are dead in your trespasses. I want you to, to underline that if you have your Bibles or take note of that. You who are dead in your trespasses. This is you. This is me without Jesus. You who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. Everyone say, with him. 
having forgiven us all our trespasses or, or forgiving us all our sins by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. In verse 15, it says, he, as in Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Friends, tonight, what we need to know is that we are forgiven. And once again, this is something that we can kind of know in our minds, but I, I believe that we need to experience it in our hearts. Everyone look at me. Don't get distracted tonight. Like a lot of you guys have grown up in church. I, I grew up in church like my whole life. And I, I could tell you ever since I was like a little like three, three-year-old, little cute baby, that like I knew I was forgiven because of Jesus, right? Like like I know what Jesus did on the cross when he gave his life for me was like so he could take away my sin so I could have a relationship with Jesus. I, I knew that here, but actually believing that we are forgiven is something totally different. And you see, we can't truly live life that Christ has made for us to live. We can't experience true life and fulfillment when we carry shame over us. And friends, I need you to hear me this evening that you have been forgiven. Like you, your sins have been forgiven. They are paid for. Like if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have said, Jesus, I, I give you my life. I confess my sin. Would you, would you be my Lord? That's all it takes. Jesus has already done the work. He has died for you and raised back to life for you. But friends, hear me tonight. You need to know that you are truly forgiven, meaning God is not holding your sin over you. I love this. I love this language that Paul uses. It kind of, it, it imagines a courtroom. Can ever, ever imagine like a courtroom and you are, you're going into the courtroom. You, Andrew Borchert, you, Mason Smith, you're, you're going into the courtroom before a judge. And this judge has like all the things that you have done wrong your whole life. It's like, I won't say this for, for you guys. For me, like, that'd be like a long, long, long list. I ain't gonna call y'all like dirty sinners. But like, for me, like, that'd be a long, long list of like, yeah, when you were selfish like, and like mistreated your wife because of that, right? when you were prideful, yeah, when you tried to find your fulfillment, like, like yo, that addiction you used to struggle with, yeah, yeah. Like, let, me, like, let me pull out this long list of offenses. And friends, like, that, is, that is all of our stories is that without Jesus, like, we, we carry shame for the things that we do. But what, what this passage tells us is that Jesus has forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record. Everyone say, canceling the record. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Jesus nails the record of debt that is rightfully yours, the things that separate you from Jesus, even the things that you continue to do today, if you're a believer in Jesus, like even if you continue to, to live in sin, you don't know how to get out of it, like I need you guys to hear me that you are forgiven, that you don't need to carry shame for what you're struggling with. Like that's not the message of the gospel. That when Jesus looks at that record, when, when, when God the Father looks at that record, it's just scribbled out in red colored ink called the blood of Jesus, amen? Like when Jesus looks at that record, he's not like, yeah, remember that thing that you did? Okay, now you need to follow me and make up for it. Now you need to like put your faith in me and try to like get your act together. No, it's like when Jesus looks at you, if you are in Christ, everyone say in Christ, meaning you, you are a believer in Jesus. You have been accepted into the family of God. If you are a believer in Jesus, friends, hear me, that record is empty. 
you are forgiven. And friends, let me just tell you, everyone look at me, everyone look at me. As someone, just an older brother, a few years ahead of you guys, I want you guys to hear that. Shame and guilt, when you carry those things, it's impossible to truly live the life that Jesus wants to give you. Because carrying shame and guilt means you're actually not carrying the forgiveness that Jesus has given you. You continue to be under the mindset of like, no, I'm just a sinner. I'm just, I'm, I am my worst mistake. I am that addiction I can't shake. I am that thing that, that, I, am, that I, I still feel regret for. Then we can never accept the forgiveness of Jesus. Tonight, I believe the Lord wants to free some of us in this room from the shame that is keeping you from accepting the forgiveness of Jesus. Everyone say forgiveness. What we see is that true life is found in the freedom that Christ gives. True life is found in Jesus's forgiveness. And last, as I close, is true life is found in relationship with Jesus. Everyone say relationship. Go ahead and write that down for taking notes. True life is found in relationship with Jesus. Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on up. True life is found in relationship with Jesus. John 17, verse three says this. And this is eternal life. Everyone say eternal life. So life that is for today and that will last forever. We live in the concept of eternity right now. If you are a believer in Jesus, that means that like who you are today is like, like you're living in the eternity now. I won't try to explain that to you because it's like super complicated, but it's like when you're a believer in Jesus, you're no longer just living for like, earth or just like your, your day to day. It's like you're living today knowing what's gonna come in the future, which is Jesus coming back and you living with him forever. So Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The context of, of this scripture, this passage, is, is Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Some of you guys know this story. And Jesus is about to be crucified. He's about to take the weight of the punishment for the sin that you and I deserve. And before Jesus goes to take the worst suffering on earth, worse than getting shot in the finger with a BB during airsoft, even worse than that. I think that's maybe a close second, but not important. But before Jesus goes and endures the worst suffering on earth, Jesus prays to the Father. And he prays for his disciples and he prays for all that would come to know him, which is you and I in this room. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus prayed for you on the night that he was about to give his life. And Jesus prays this to the Father. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Friends, hear me, hear me this evening. As, as an older brother, I've, I've lived 21 years. So a few years longer than some of you, a decade longer than some of you in junior high. As I, as I look back on my life, I'm, I'm still young. I'm, I think I'm talking like an old man. I'm still, I'm still young. When I look back on my life, what I see is that anything that I try to find 
myself in besides Jesus ultimately led me to a lot of pain, to a lot of, to a lot of emptiness, to a lot of, to a lot of disappointment when, when the thing that I found my identity in, when eventually I wasn't like good enough at that anymore, or when I, when I failed, or when I, was, when I was struggling with sin and addiction behind closed doors, I, I felt ashamed and disqualified as, as a Christian. And it's so easy for all of us in this room, if you've grown up in church or if, or if it's your first time. I met a bunch of you first timers this evening. I'm so glad that you're here. Wherever, wherever you are this evening, you've been walking with Jesus for years, you, you can't stand Jesus, you think this whole thing is fake and stupid. Wherever you're at, what I wanna tell you this evening is a true life is found only in relationship with Jesus. And I like, that's, that's so simple. Like, like, right, like that almost seems like too simple. It's like, what, is, what does it mean for you to live a fulfilled life? What does it mean for you to live a life with purpose and meaning where you know who you are? Like true life is found in relationship with Jesus. And here's, here's what I wanna do this evening. I want us to take some time to, to worship. And I don't, I, it's not my job to convince you of this. And I, I actually, I can't convince you of this. I can't say like the perfect words to make you realize like, yeah, like the only life worth living is for Jesus. Like you may be in this room and be like, why should I walk in a manner worthy of of Jesus walking a manner worthy of the calling of the gospel. Like you may think that's just dumb. And what I wanna tell you this evening is simply that you will live your entire life trying to find fulfillment and meaning if you don't find it in Jesus. Like if it's, if it's in how good you are at a sport, like I, I, was, I was in your boat growing up. Like I, I wanted to be like the next like NBA player. I wanted to be Michael Jordan. But obviously that didn't happen. I'm a youth pastor now. <laughs> but like I grew up like finding myself in how good I played. And you know what happens? Eventually like one day, like it could be in like a year from now, you don't get that scholarship that you think you deserve or that you want. Then who are you then? Where is your, your fulfillment then? Or maybe like you, you make it all the way like you are the next like, Michael Jordan, you're the next Messi, you're the next whatever sport you play. Or maybe you're trying to be like the smartest person or whatever you try to find like your achievement in, like one day that's gonna run out. And when that day comes, you'll find yourself sitting there saying like, I feel so empty inside. Because the reality is, is that our entire lives have to be found in Jesus. Jesus died and gave his life, not just so that we could like believe in him and like get the, the get out of hell like free card. Like Jesus died so he could live inside of you. Everyone say in me. And Jesus died so that, so that he could be in you and such so you could be in him, adopted into a family. 
adopted into a family where God loves you because like you exist, because you are his child, you are his daughter, you are his son. And that's all he cares. Like, yeah, he's given you gifts or talents and, and those things are amazing. But like, that's not who you are to the father. So I want us to do tonight is just to kind of go back to, to our roots, to the basic, to the basic thing of just being in relationship with Jesus. And some of you in this room, like, I kind of get this feeling right now that like some of you are really discouraged in your spiritual walk. Like you feel like you've been like trying to run this Christian race. Like you're trying to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You're, you're trying to be a disciple to Jesus. You're trying all these things. And like, you just feel really discouraged tonight. Like you're trying to like reach like the next level. Like you're trying to like grow in greater intimacy and you're trying to, to do all these Christian things. Like what you need to hear tonight is like, Jesus wants you just to drop all of that. And like, just to return to like being his kid, wanting to like know more about his dad. Like, it's that, it's that simple. It's that simple. So this is what I want us to do. I want you guys to just stand up and just spread out across this room. I'm encouraging you guys, be, be wise, be mature. Don't, don't go next to someone that's gonna distract you. Go ahead and just stay silent right now. You can stay seated where you are. You can come up front. You can go to the sides or the back. This message tonight at the end of the day is it's, it's super simple. All I'm telling you is that that true life is found in Jesus. It's the bottom line. Jesus is his life. Living life with Jesus is the only life worth living. That's all. That's all that's been said tonight. But I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to meet some of you guys this evening. Some of you, you've been doing this, this Christian thing for a long time. Like, coming to church and, and serving and doing all these right things, trying to like pray and read your Bible, have your quiet times, do all those things. And none of those things are, are wrong inherently, but like Jesus wants to kind of strip all those things back and just like look at you and tell you like, I want relationship with you. Like I want you to draw close to me and I wanna be close to you. And this isn't, this isn't just like, some like lame like Sunday school message meant for little kids. It's like, whether you're like 80, 60, 20, 11, anything in between, it's like, like our lives, we find true meaning and purpose and love and we simply have a relationship with Jesus and we're not supposed to move past that. We're not supposed to move past the love of Jesus. There's not something more advanced or complex out there. It's like knowing Jesus is life. Knowing the love of Jesus for yourself is life because it's the only life where despite whatever happens, you have the best of days, the worst of days, you are successful and you achieve, you, are, you feel like you're a failure at everything you do. No matter what, that hap- what happens, the fact that you are loved by Jesus never changes. The fact that you are in Christ and he is in you never changes. So this is what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna sing this song, Give Me Jesus Again. A simple, simple song. I love the bridge saying, I, I, don't, I don't want anyone else. I don't need anything else. You are my one thing. Or Jesus, whether I have everything I could ever want or nothing, at the end of the day, 
I have life in you. I don't need all those other things. You are the one thing that gives me life. So for the next five or six minutes, I, you can sing to him, but I also want you to, to sit and, and to receive from the Holy Spirit and to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, help me to, to know you deeply. I want relationship with you. I don't want to do the Christian, like just the Christianese thing. I want relationship with you, Jesus. So Father, here we are. Would we know you more? Jesus, would we know you more? Holy Spirit, draw us close to you. I pray over every single one of us in this room that we would know that we can find true life nowhere else besides in you. So come, Holy Spirit, move in our hearts.